This week on the Colin and Samir podcast, we take a look at ourselves. And more specifically, we take a look at our lifestyle and how the work we're doing every day is leading us towards a lifestyle we want to live. As we started thinking about this, I wrote down a bunch of questions to ask myself and eventually turned that into a worksheet that I printed out for both Colin and I to fill out and answer on our own. After we answered them, we got together and reviewed our answers. And in this episode, we go over those answers and talk about what we learned by doing this exercise. We've actually turned the worksheet into a PDF that you all can download. Just go to colinandsamir.com or check out our Twitter at Colin and Samir, and we'll have a link to download the worksheet if you're interested in trying it after you listen to this episode. We spend a lot of time looking for the answers or the solutions to problems that we have. But in reality, it's actually the questions that we ask ourselves that reveal the most. All right, we start this episode in my apartment with a discussion around a beverage that has taken over Los Angeles. All right, so we're going to start the show a little different this week. There's this really funny craze in Los Angeles around oat milk. I mean, there's nothing funny about it. Yeah, it it's is actually serious. De- it's, it's, it's dead serious to the point where last night I walk into a market look right into the fridge and the, the guy at the front of the market just turns to me and, and Katie and is like, are you looking for the oat milk? Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, alternative I milks are serious business Huge in Los Angeles because people don't like dairy. Huge in LA. So oat milk has emerged as like the superior alter, alternative milk out of all milks. And there's a specific brand called Oatly, and there's mm-hmm. often a shortage of oat milk. <laughs> and it's it's really funny that there's a shortage. So just to paint the scene, like the guy's like, "You looking for the oat milk?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we are. Like, let's do like, yeah, let's do it." And he was like, "We're out." And he goes, "But I got a couple of boxes of the chocolate Oatly." And he goes, "I'd recommend you just stock up, just in case." Yeah. So I bought chocolate oat milk. I mean, every barista has turned into a drug smuggler, yeah. basically. I mean, it's insane. So long story short, we are going to start really quickly. I've poured us two glasses of chocolate oat milk, and we're going to start with a quick uh, tasting and review of chocolate oatly. All right, here we go. First and foremost, consistency is thick, which is exciting. And oat milk without the chocolate basically tastes like the milk after mm. you eat cereal. Wow. This is insanely oh delicious. Oh my God. That is one of the most delicious treats. You know what this is? What? This is Cocoa Pebbles. Yes. Let it sit in milk. Holy smokes. Wow. That is insane. I got to put that down for a second. That is unbelievable. I'm almost I done. don't know what this company is doing. Whoa. Like out there i think they're from like sweden or something but oatly like you guys are killing it this episode of the colin and smear podcast brought to you by oatly i wish that would be Man, a dream. oatly hit us up all right so now to the actual concept of this episode which has nothing to do with alternative milks or chocolate flavored beverages um this week we're going to talk about an exercise that colin and i did um to bring more clarity into what we're doing, um, bring more clarity into what success means for us and what we each personally want in life. Um, We've been working together as creators for six years now and have had a lot of what you would call successes. Um, And over the past two years, 
you know, we've also had a lot of that, right? We've had a lot of like, th- I mean, this morning specifically, um, YouTube actually, the YouTube account on Twitter with 70 million followers tweeted out um, a video of ours uh, and like straight up on Twitter just has a native video of Colin and I from the breakdown, which was awesome and really cool and has been a part of um, this whole like amazing um, journey of like creating and having it be shared with the world. And to a certain extent, that is a huge part of what we define as success. But we wanted to dig deeper to find out really like what what is it? Because we aren't 100% fulfilled with everything. Yeah. And there's also an element, we talked about it this morning, like there is an element that we're not completely stable financially, mm-hmm. which is a huge factor, especially as we well, get older. Well, to the extent that we want to be. To the extent that we want yeah, to be. Because we actually haven't fluctuated that much. So like, yeah. But it's not like our income comes from a lot of different places, which yeah. is good. You want to diversify where your income comes from. Yeah. But none of it is like stable, number one. You don't know it's going to be there necessarily, a lot of it, next year. Yeah. And none of it as of right now really is like passive. So like we only make money when we are putting forth energy. Yes. So a lot of our thought in doing this exercise of kind of asking us ourselves why and finding clarity is about this idea that if we're going to be putting in a lot of energy, how can we put it towards an efficient direction, a direction that will benefit us in the long term in terms of how we want to live our lives every day? Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes from the um, creation is so much, you give so much of yourself and so much time and energy and in today's world, you know, the way that we operate, we're creating essentially, we talked about this with Mango Street last week on this on this podcast, but we're, we're essentially creating quote unquote for free, right? Like, yes, there's some AdSense, but it's not actually, it doesn't, there's a huge disparity right now between how much time and energy goes into each video and the, the, what you receive on the other side from a money perspective. Now that's natural when you're trying to grow anything. Um, from the ground up. But when you look out into the distance and say, okay, cool, we're growing this show. Um, Let's take the breakdown as an example. We're growing this show and uh, it's bringing us new audience and it has a lot of viewership. Now, what's the pathway to make that a lifestyle? Okay, you need sponsors. You need uh, someone to pay for you to make that show. And to be quite honest, as we take a step back, like a lot of our creation it does it becomes a little bit less appealing when you know someone else's voice is in it or someone else's message gets attached attached to it in the way that um you know we see it right now on the platform so for example like doing sponsorship reads it's not that attractive you don't necessarily wake up every day wanting to do sponsorship reads it's not like a passion yeah. of mine yeah and and what we wanted to figure out through here is okay yeah we we've um we've built a business for ourselves over the past two years, meaning like we've created content and we've generated enough income to have a business um, over the past two years independently. But what does this look like moving forward? What's the long-term vision here? What's the long-term strategy? And before you can understand, you know, what you're going to do as a business, we believe that you have to understand yourself as a person. Like what do you personally want out of a business? What, why, why are you creating a business? Why, why don't you go just work for someone else or have like stability in that sense? Why are you craving this lifestyle? And I think it's really important to have certainty when you 
aren't working for someone else when you're working for yourself because you are choosing to do everything. You're dictating all of your own time. So the last thing you want is to look back on a day or a week and find out that you didn't make the right decisions for yourself Mm -hmm. because you don't know yourself. You're uncertain about what it is you want. Yeah. So, I mean, being, being an entrepreneur, being a uh, creator, being someone who just decides that they want to create everything for themselves, huge sacrifice um, because you're signing up for a lot of uncertainty. You're signing up to, you know, own every decision you make, good or bad, mm-hmm. um, owning your time. So, you know, every morning when you wake up, the clock's ticking. Like, are you pushing the ball forward or not? There's no huge team around you. It's just Colin and I. So let me explain what this exercise was. Like after a couple weeks of being kind of frustrated around uncertainty and not fully understanding what we should do, what direction we should move in, how we are, um, you know, pushing this into a long-term vision for what our lives want to be like, I decided to just write down a bunch of questions um, and turn it into a multi-page worksheet. So this worksheet now is, how many pages is this? One, two, three, wow, four, six, five, six pages, um, six page worksheet. And it's, it's separated into a couple different categories. The first one is identity development. And this category has questions that focus on who you are as a person and who you want to be as a person. An example of a question here is, um, you fill in the blank. I would like people to describe me as... Another one is I am the next and you would fill in a person or people that you feel like you want to become and why. Uh, The next page is lifestyle development. This is something also we talked about last week with Mango Street, just designing the life you want. Like draw out a timeline of, uh, an example of a question here is draw out a timeline of your day from when you wake up until you go to sleep. What do you want your day to look like? Um, And uh, there's a couple more questions here around like draw a descriptive picture of your dream home where are you living and what does it look like so that you start to really understand what what you want out of your lifestyle then it goes into professional development Um, this talks about what you're doing at work what are the skill sets you're utilizing what does a timeline of your workday look like what's the impact you want your work to have um, on yourself and on people around you Um, and then there's personal growth development which is you know, you as a person, what are things that are important to you? What do you want to work on? Um, learn things about yourself, like what activities bring you energy, what makes you laugh, things that are just important for personal growth. And then there's a writing exercise uh, around what advice your 80-year-old self would give you and essentially writing yourself a letter from your 80-year-old self. Uh, and then it wraps up with, you know, reflecting on what you've uncovered from doing this worksheet. So Samir and I decided that we would fill these out on our own separately yesterday. And I think that was, I mean, obviously you want to fill this out by yourself because it's about kind of understanding yourself better. But specifically for Samir and I, I think it's very important because we've started a business called Colin and Samir based off of the two of us becoming one entity. And I think it's really easy to sort of like lose your sense of self when you're in a partnership like that, lose a little bit of like your anonymity. And it's definitely been a desire of mine over these past two years of having this company to better understand what it means to be me outside of just Colin from Colin and Samir. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think anything you do, understanding 
your own desires is really important. And sometimes we don't take the time to actually sit and think about them. Like sometimes it feels like it's secondary to the work that you need to get done and knocking stuff off your to-do list. It's, it's very easy to leave yourself off of your to-do list. Mm-hmm. And, and that to me is something that I would like to work on and why I spent time just developing a set of questions that I wanted to ask myself. One of the most interesting for me that I think was the most helpful was about, I think, lifestyle development. It was the one about, it says, go on to Zillow, find a house in your dream location, find the rental costs of that house that you'd like to live in. Now think about the type of food you want to eat. What is your favorite restaurant or cafe? How much does it cost if you were to have every meal at that cafe? And so it's like, come up with your ideal life. How much does it cost you per day or per month? How much are you spending in your ideal life or what you think your ideal life would be? That yeah. was interesting to me. It's it's really interesting because, you know, we talk, we've been talking about like financial stability, right? And like the main reason I put that question in there and that equation is because I was like, well, what does that even mean? Like, it's not like I don't have a roof over my head. It's not like I don't, it's not like you and I don't go to, out to coffee every day. It's not like we don't go out to lunch every day. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I'm like, wait, so what does that actually mean? Like, what am I desiring financially that I don't have right now? And that's that's where I had to think about like, okay, let me find my dream house and like, let me shoot for something. Part of it too, though, is as you get older, you spend more and your lifestyle elevates. Mm-hmm. And in our specific scenario, we had a company that was acquired and we actually got real salaries and health benefits and they moved us to this beautiful part of Los Angeles in a great office. And I completely up-leveled my life. Mm-hmm. I like leased a Prius because Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> drives a Prius. Like I got a studio apartment, right? Like three blocks from the beach. Yeah. And then a year after we left that company mm-hmm. and became entrepreneurs, not really knowing what we were going to sell. Mm-hmm. And so a year later, I found myself uh, being like, whoa, this is really difficult. I did not plan. Like the trajectory of my life was going in a certain direction because I was an employee. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I went in a totally different direction and I did not account for that. So like, mm-hmm. even though like we have like, I have a roof over my head and I'm like eating every day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like, you still have the pressure, no mm. matter if you're like, sometimes you can be like 45 and making like a million dollars a year, but your, your level of like your standard of living has become so high and you have like kids going to private school sure. or whatever it is, uh, that you can essentially still feel that stress, that financial stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I put this question on there also because it also un- uncovers a lot about priorities. Like it uncovers a lot about is that house more important than waking up every day and creating? Which one's more important right now? Because there's a ton of people, like you look at actors or different people who like, like I listen to the Dax Shepard podcast or I listen to a lot of stuff with actors like Zach Galifianakis or, mm-hmm. uh, or even, um, Brian, Brian Cranston. Cranston, right. Brian Cranston did not get a, like a real paying gig, did not make a living off of acting until he was 40 years old and he got Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. So like, but the guy, when he talks, if you hear him talk, he's like, I slept on couches through my thirties so that I could act. Acting was more important to him than having a nice house. Yeah. And, and that I think unco- it, like these questions start to uncover where you what what you care about, um, you know, in your daily and life. We meet a lot of people, most of them younger than us, but some of them who do live on couches right now in mm-hmm. Los Angeles and who are making 
content, trying to make content creation a living or their art a living. And they're stoked. And they are pumped. And yeah. I think, I mean, in a way, I can, when I first moved out to Los Angeles, I 100% was like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I moved in with my second cousin who I call my aunt, my aunt Gina, who I barely knew. She was the only relative of my family I knew in Los Angeles, knocked on her door and was like, can I, I have nowhere else to stay. Can I stay with you? Mm-hmm. Like my first two years in Los Angeles were crazy. And, and it, and it wasn't even a thought in my mind at that time of like, oh, well, like this isn't worth it. I should be in a nicer apartment or like I should go in a nicer car. Yep. But as I get older now, there are certain things that I do want mm-hmm. when I look at like my, my lifestyle. And so it's important to then value, what am I willing to, am I willing to give up the absolute creative freedom I have right now, which is an incredible thing, mm-hmm. to then maybe get a job somewhere else or take certain types of jobs that aren't things I'm passionate about so yep. that I can get that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So you have to, so that's part of like what this worksheet sort of helps you navigate. Yeah. It's in my opinion, like these, these questions and, and forcing you to actually spend time alone with yourself writing these things down. Like for me, one of the most interesting things was how much this stuff just flowed out of me. Like I, I didn't really get held up too many times. Mm. I was able to just write and like it, it all was in there. I just had never given myself the time. So that, that question is fascinating. It, my brother was telling me and my brother went to UCLA law school and he had a professor there um, who uh, you know, was it was a success, successful guy in entertainment. He, you know, used to be the president of a network and he had won three Oscars. And he told my brother, he was like, you know what? When I was younger, I wrote down that I wanted to win three Oscars. It was a goal that I always wrote down in terms of long-term goals. Um, I wanted to win an Oscar and he won three of them. But he did say that he never wrote down how much money he wanted to make. And he was like, I found out you can win Oscars without making money. And that's the truth, Right. Like if, if you take a step back and if you and I just said like our absolute goal is to get to 1 million subscribers on YouTube, we could do that without making a dollar. And, and you can't equate those things, right? Mm-hmm. If making money is a part of your priorities and a part of your goal, you actually have to get really clear in the same way you would set a goal of saying, I want to have a million subscribers on YouTube. You have to set a goal of I want to make X amount of dollars. And sometimes that equation is really hard. And so that's why I put that equation on there of like I think the area you want to live in plus your favorite cafe three times a day will give you some rough understanding obviously you're not going to eat at your favorite restaurant three times a day yeah but it gives you a rough understanding of like okay how much money would I need if to make money not have to be a question for me yeah that was one of the the most tangible questions where it was really you were able to see it like you could just calculate exactly what that meant and then it forced me to look at like currently how much I spend Mm -hmm. again and even understand there, like, okay, even now I want to be making more money for how I currently spend, not even for like my dream scenario, just where I currently am. Yeah. I thought, um, on the first page for identity development, I thought, you know, I am the next was a, was a hard question. Yeah. That Um, one, that one was tough for me. Yeah. I, I thought it was an interesting one because when I was younger, when I was a kid, I had a lot of like superheroes and idols that I wanted to be like. Um, and as you get older, you still have some of that stuff. But having a really, you know, clear-cut understanding, it's hard when you want to be an individual. But I think the question is important to look at someone that you really look up to and you're like, oh man, I feel like I am the next version of that. Even if you're not exactly that person, you then can start to look at what they've done in their life and mm-hmm. understand their path and their decisions and and be inspired by that. Um, so yeah, I thought that was an interesting yeah, question. Yeah, that question was difficult, but I think what makes it 
easier or sort of helpful no matter what is the next question, which is why did you pick that person? Because mm-hmm. I was surprised. One of the first people I put down was this guy named John Contino, who's a designer in New York City. And it was totally unexpected for me. I follow him on Instagram and I really uh, admire his work, but I don't think I'm going to be the next great des- like illustrator or font designer. It's not where I spend my time. So then I asked myself, well, why did I pick John Contino? And a large part of it was that he's an artist that controls his own revenue streams. He has uh, books and classes, and he gets hired by some of some brands that I really admire, uh, like Nike, Under Armour. Um, and he's someone that's well-known in New York City. I thought about, you know, you wrote, I am the next example, Anthony Bourdain. And I thought, well, I don't think I'm the next Anthony Bourdain. But I would like to be someone that if, if Anthony Bourdain, when he was still alive, came to Los Angeles and he thought, who am I going to have sort of be a correspondent here and meet mm-hmm. me for dinner? I'd like to be one of those people. And John Contino was someone interesting that I thought I could see being on an episode uh, of Parts Unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the whys were so interesting. Like when you and I yesterday got together and talked about the whys, it was fascinating. Oh, I also put some of these people down. I put John Contino, David Chang. Um David Chang, who's a popular chef. And I I mainly put them down because I also thought about the fact that they are not beholden to their social media. Mm -hmm. They are entertainers who can show up um, on Netflix and documentaries or, or, you know, on different platforms, but their livelihood isn't necessarily connected to having to share their life 24-7. It's not like, I realize it's not a desire of mine to share everything all the time. I don't want to have to feel guilty about not sharing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was cool that you, you said something yesterday like David Chang is famous. He's an entertainer, but he's f- not. He's famous for something else. Like He's famous for being a chef or he's known for being a chef, but mm-hmm. then he's also an entertainer. He can have a show like he can be on camera, but his primary business is like food. He's a chef. Mm-hmm. So that, that was really cool. Uh, if you're wondering, I put down uh, I am the next Ryan Holiday times Scooter Braun, uh, which was kind of interesting. I, I, I wrote the first thing I wrote down about why is like both of them are, I, I see them as like family men and I, they put their family first and they do they say a lot about their family and speak about it. And then secondly, I put, they're both creatives who know how to execute and creatives who know how to monetize. Um, and they're thought leaders. I thought, I think that both of those guys, if you don't know who Ryan holiday is, he's an incredible writer, uh, marketer, a guy that I've looked up to for, for a long time. Um, in the way that he thinks and, and sees the world. Uh, and then Scooter Braun, who's a, he's a music manager and a guy who has really challenged what it, what the music industry was, uh, you know, at an early stage finding artists on YouTube, like, like Justin Bieber, um, and Asher Roth. So like he, b- both of those guys like are creative in what they do, but they also are very good businessmen. And that's like a really important piece to me. I, uh, I did some thinking for you. Yeah, on, on my own worksheet, I, right. I wrote Samir is Ryan Holiday. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's someone funny. I really look up to. But then, you know, when I think about that, then I'm like, am I, am I, uh, am I doing some of those things that I really like? Why do I like him so much? And and why, why? And am I doing some of those things? Like one of my dreams is to write more articles. The guy writes a lot of articles, and mm-hmm. it's something I really respect about him. And so it uncovers some things of like, why isn't writing on any of my to do lists? Mm-hmm. Like those are the those are the type of things that start to get uncovered with this this kind of thinking and working. I think an even tougher question was the next one. Mm-hmm. We Colin and Samir are the next. 
Uh huh. I was very lost on this one, and I ended up writing the Duplass brothers, who are uh, brothers here in Los Angeles, and they're they're filmmakers, they're actors, and I didn't put them down because I thought that necessarily Samir and I were going to make traditional films um, or become actors, but I wrote them down simply because they are brothers, and I think we have this bond of being kind of like family and we're here to help each other, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wrote that one down outside of that. I couldn't think of, I left it blank. It was the only question. It was the only question I left blank. Um, and it was something that was really interesting. I I wanted to put that on there because then you have some model of like, even how one thing we get a lot of is we get emails. People are like, man, your content's awesome. I love watching it, but you know, I'm so, I'm not sure how to describe you guys to my friends. I'm not sure what kind of content you make. And and Colin and I are aware of that. We know that it's hard to to understand the type of content we yeah, make on YouTube. One day we're talking about internet copyright law and the next we're putting out a video of like a pizza tour of Los Angeles. It's mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah, so it's it's in a world where like hyper specific messaging wins, we are the opposite right now. Um each of our videos, I think, has a lot of specific messaging, but as a whole, um, the, the the channel and the content is, uh, you know, is a, is a variety of styles, and so, like, that's been one of the challenges. It's like, wait, what, what, what framework do we fit into? And not not saying that we have to fit into a framework, but in order to grow, that is that is, if you're making if you're making content creation your life, then you do need to consider that and and work into a framework. That makes sense. I would say if you're making it your business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're making it your business. Um, so, yeah, it, on lifestyle development, there's a, there's a couple other interesting things here, like um, draw a descriptive picture of your office, draw a descriptive picture of your dream home. I, I believe in visualization a lot. Like, you know, Colin and I, a long time ago, or a couple of years ago, drafted like a business plan strategy that was really lofty and ambitious goals for what we were doing with the lacrosse network, like even to the point where one of them was launch a mobile app. And while we were writing these down, we wrote down like a really intricate plan for writing or launching a mobile app. I had no idea how that was going to happen. I mean, we were sitting in a room, we had no understanding or engineering, you know, understanding of how an app comes together. But within the coming weeks after that, you know, an opportunity to create an app just presented itself to us. And we were able to successfully launch an app within, you know, a month or two from that and have, you know, 50,000 people download an app and be active users and have one of the more engaged apps on this platform. And it was like, it was the visualization that we wanted that to happen that attracted the opportunity, I think. Had we not sat in that conference room and whiteboarded and come up with even the idea that an app would be a good thing for the lacrosse network, Mm -hmm. we would have not, when that opportunity came our way, like a month later, we probably wouldn't have known so confidently that this fits into our plan. So that's where like, I believe so much in visualization. And like, if you, if you can sit down and even if you can't draw a picture of your dream home, like I wrote down a bunch of things that were really important to me about it or my dream office. Like, I mean, you drew some pictures. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I drew some pictures. I'm, I'm not the best artist. The, the, the picture of my dream office is really just two palm trees and then a square. But like in my mind, it was it was like a masterpiece. I mean, the dream home is it's just a triangle. Wow, so I, I didn't to, know you were going to attack my art. I mean, on I'm, this podcast, I, mean, I happen to be an artist and yeah. an illustrator. So wow, 
Well, it's not just a triangle, Colin. It's a triangle on top of a square with a front yard <laughs> and a backyard. This is the backyard. These, it's a no. It's a beautiful home. These, these flares. I'm excited yeah. for you to move in. These I, are these are windows right here. Like, how dare you call yeah, it a triangle? No, I it's can not see a it. triangle. There's, like, there's a dog in the front window. It's a dream. There's not a dog in the front window. You don't understand my <laughs> art at all. <laughs> but but I wrote out some. Uh, you know, some pieces that were important to me about like natural light and windows and having like a, a big kitchen and an island and different things like that. I think one of the most helpful pieces on this page was a timeline of uh, my day. And I know, I think when I wrote these, it was very confusing whether it was like your ideal day or your current day. Yeah. I wrote my so, actual day. Yeah. You wrote your dream I day. I wrote my dream day. Both, I think, were very telling. Uh-huh. W- one thing that's really interesting to me is that after writing this yesterday, I actually woke like I wrote 6 30 wake up is my part of my dream day seven o'clock yoga and meditation between seven and eight eight o'clock breakfast and coffee and then from like around nine o'clock to 11 deep work which means like uninterrupted you know headphones on just working through the things I need to work on with that uh it's like kind of my time where I do the my hardest work and this morning I actually got up at 6 30 I actually did both yoga and meditation between seven and eight and I actually had breakfast at eight o'clock and then did some deep work before you came here and uh, we got coffee. So like the crazy thing is, again, when you draw it, you just become more aware of it and it becomes more clear what you want to do. So like last night I was very excited to wake up at 630 because I was like, oh, I want to wake up at 630. I was surprised that you knew exactly what times you wanted to wake up and how much time you wanted to spend on certain things. I I was not able to write out my dream sort of timeline of my day. But what I did do was look at my actual days, what I do most often, and then contrast that with the questions above, which were all about the morning routines Mm. that have set me up for success in Mm -hmm. the past, which had to do with getting up and making coffee, having enough time to make breakfast um, before I actually meet up with you. Mm. And the reality of it is most days, um, I don't give myself enough time in the morning. I wake up around 7.30, I snooze until 8, I hop right in the shower. And at that point, I'm kind of like rushed and I go out and I buy food or coffee and then I meet you. So I've had no time to myself before I start the day. Right. And we work late. Mm -hmm. So by the time I get done at the end of the day, there's just, I haven't allotted any time for myself to sit and think. And one of the things that I value is that stillness in the morning. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at how I actually spend my mornings, I, I don't do that. I don't a lot for that time. So today I actually did. I got up an hour earlier and I made breakfast, listened to 30 minutes of the daily podcast and just sat and it was beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And, and it's amazing. Like you just, you just have to take the time to reflect and be like, wait, what do I, what makes me really happy about the rest of my day? And then you have to do it. Like, it's like, it sounds really simple, but it's not. It's like, we, we just get in the flow of things and then you can start to realize, like, I don't want to schedule any calls or meetings before 11 a.m. because I need that time. I mean, it takes time and it takes effort to get the morning that you want. And I, I compare this a lot and I liken it to people who I consider to have really good wardrobes mm-hmm. and to have their clothing really dialed. I assume that just comes naturally to them. But of course they put effort and time and work and they've thought about what they want to look like. Mm-hmm. You and I both, t- one of the questions here is what do you want to look like? Yeah. It's on the next and, page on personal growth development. It actually goes deeper. It says, 
<laughs> and I drew a picture of myself too. Stick it figure. says, yep. draw a picture of how you'd like to present yourself on a daily basis. What are you wearing? What does your hair look like? What shoes are you wearing? Like it's, it's literally like, what's the ideal way that you present yourself? Because I think it has a lot to do with your self-confidence and your, your, uh, like the, like your personal image that you're putting out into the world is how are you presenting yourself? So like literally taking the time to imagine like, what do I want to look like on a daily basis so that you be, can become confident in, do I have the right clothing for that? Do I have the right like shoes for this? Like, do, do, do I actually look the way that I, I'm imagining in my mind that I want to present myself? Both of us came to the conclusion yeah. that we do not. That we do not, yeah. And we don't shop. Like, I like run out of clothing. I, I don't, I don't like just wearing a t-shirt. Like, I like yeah. wearing a t-shirt every day, but I want, I don't know. It does not make me feel like mm -hmm. my shoes and my shirt and my hair. I, I don't know. One thing that's challenging, this is going to come off as so ridiculous, but one thing that's interesting is that we get a lot of clothing gifted to us. And, and we also do a lot of work with like sports brands. So we get a lot of sports clothing. So... I'm just so like, my closet is full. So, I, but I look at it and I'm like, oh, okay, I have enough clothes, whatever. But I don't actually think about, are these the best representation of me or how I want to present? Where the reality is like, I can, I can absolutely donate these clothes um, and then go to the drawing board and like figure out what it is that I yeah. need. But I, mean, I, I, I feel like because I've been gifted them, like I don't, like I, I, these are mine now. Like this is what I look like now. I have actually donated the majority of those clothes but I have not gone to the drawing board to right. make any, like to figure anything out. Mm -hmm. The two, we both said that we want clothes that fit. Yeah. I like what you said about hair. I, th I mean, I think like, yeah, I just said, I want my hair to be purposeful. Like I don't, I don't want to look and be like, why is it doing that? that like, guy why, just rolled I, I didn't, I didn't do that. On, yeah. Like I didn't do that on purpose. I think your hair is, is purposeful. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I was just like, man, I just want hair that can be consistent. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Whatever that means. Because I look at videos, like if you did like a montage of like through <laughs> the years of my hair, it's just like, it's so all over the place. Yeah. It's funny. It, it affects so much and like so much of, of uh, it, it's funny that I truly believe that a lot of these questions lead you to understanding what you want to do with your life, like as a career. Um, but it's so important to understand yourself. And, and you might come across that question and be like, I don't care. Totally. And, and that, also is super valid and is a part of the development of understanding yourself. You're like, oh, actually, I really don't care. It can be whatever. That doesn't, that doesn't, that part of my life doesn't affect me. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter to me. And, and that's like, that's also telling. So part of the, the professional development talks about describe a dream day of work. What are three things you're doing every day? Draw a timeline of your work day. So what does your work day look like? Like what, what are you doing every hour of your workday that that would be uh, fun and interesting to you? Um, you know, and then most importantly, I think this is a really interesting question. Um, who do you want to work for? More specifically, who do you want to get paid by? So my belief is like a lot of people say like I work for myself. Um, but the reality is you work for someone. So for example, like someone is writing you a check, whether that's um, if you have an e-commerce company and you have thousands of customers, you work for those thousands of customers, right? They are the ones who, who pay you. Um, or if you're a creative agency, you have a ton of brands who pay you to do their creative. Um, now you're getting paid by brands and companies. So who, who, or if you're an employee and you really like working for a company, like I'd like to receive a consistent check from this company. I, I, I believe in this. This is cool. This is what I want. 
So understanding like who do, who am I most comfortable getting paid by? Um, that's a really important thing to understand because that helps you craft your product too and what you're, what you're selling and who you're selling to. Yeah, I was relatively unclear with my answer to this one, but I really liked your answer, which was brands I believe in and consumers I believe in. Because mm-hmm. it's so much more fulfilling to make, like if we make branded content, we make a video for a brand. If I believe in that brand and what they're doing, yeah, then it's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And even more so, I think when that brand believes in us or in me yeah. or those consumers believe in me, like it's a two-way street. Yeah, I agree. That's why, that's why I think consumers I believe in, like when I think about it, I'd love to build a community of, of you know, mutual understanding and mutual um, belief in each other where then it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm creating a product and you believe in me and I believe in you and that's why this relationship works. Um, and even from a brand perspective, it's the same thing. So yeah, I mean, I, that's the only thing I could write down, but you know, like one thing that I think, uh, it, it's just so important for me and, and revealing that I have to believe in it. And that's not everybody, right? You can, you can also just be like, uh, whatever, like uh, I can work for anyone. Like mm-hmm. if the, if the work is cool, like, you know, I can work for anyone. So, um, that's interesting to, to have, like to have that as a very specific thing from a uh, monetization perspective. One thing that was really telling on, on professional development from both Colin and I was how important ideating was. And um, one thing we did a lot of in our early days working together was go to a whiteboard and come up with ideas and write down problems and come up with solutions and strategy and really think through everything we did. Whereas now it's a lot more execution. And both of us wrote down how important whiteboarding was. But this year, we can count the number of times we've been on a whiteboard, which is twice total. Yeah, I mean, important and also enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Like Some of my favorite yeah. times are days of work sure. where we're just coming up with ideas and doing strategy. Yeah. So that that was really op- eye-opening, right? Like, we've only done that twice. When we both control, we, we control our time right now, we could actually do that every day. And like, if, it, it clearly showed up as something really important to us. Um, so like, that's something that, that we need to, uh, put in there. What type of work did you absolutely not want to do? Oh, that was a question here. Uh, I wrote build others visions. So like, I think that in the time that we've been working, when you're a creative, um, a lot of times the, 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 the pathway to monetization at an early stage is creating on behalf of other people. Um, and for me, it's, it, it's very challenging for me to spend a lot of my time, especially now, working and, and building platforms and building content for other people's visions. And, and what I would say is only if I, don't believe, if I don't believe in that vision or have any sort of personal connection to it, then it's just so hard for me to give a lot of myself and give a lot of my time into that. Um, I've, I'm now at a stage where I want to work on my own visions and my own projects and the things that I really believe in and stand behind. So I think that that's stuff that I've like wanted to, you know, stay away from. Yeah. I wrote film edit for someone else's goal, share my life 24 seven and manage a lot of people, which is probably where we differ. Not mm-hmm. that you want to manage a ton of people, Yeah, but I enjoy, but that. you love yeah. kind of like being that leader sitting point, like moving yes. different pieces of the puzzle around. That's not something that I like like you love getting on the phone and like mm-hmm. working. Yes. Working like love it. 
getting this person to do that, this person to do that. And like, yeah, I mean, in my ideal day of work, I, I scheduled in four hours of calls and meetings. Yeah. Well, like that for me, when I thought I was like, oh man, no, that's not I like, I love calls like, and meetings. Yeah. Like I love talking and working with people. And but that's like more that. of like the like scooter brawn in you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. I, I, I put that in there as a four hour chunk of a day that I would like to do that. Yeah. Um, so now as we go into personal growth development, we, you know, we talked a little bit about like how you present yourself, three activities you'd like to do when you're not working. Um, I think that's like a, a really important question that you should understand. Um, and I, the, the most important question when I really sat down about this, I was like, I put this question down. I said, when did you last laugh uncontrollably? And I thought it was a really interesting question because it, it just kind of leads into um, a question of like, how much are you, how much time are you dedicating to laughter and happiness? Uh, and when was the last time that happened? And, and then that should reveal to you a little bit of like, oh, can I have more moments like that? Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't have a ton of moments like that. Yeah, I didn't remember necessarily. I just yeah. knew that it was most likely with you on a business trip, right. a production trip. Right. Probably where like something had just gone wrong. Yeah. Which like <laughs> says a lot. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, yeah. you kind of have to laugh you have sometimes. To laugh that when, off. Like, yeah. yeah, you have to laugh it off and just be like, "This is insane." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I we we have a friend named Mike that makes me laugh really hard every time we hang out. And funny enough, the night before we filled this out, we all went to dinner and he was making me laugh a lot. So like that, He's, I always laugh when when I'm with him. And so I I put his name down just like as the thing. Like like spending time with him is really fun and and hilarious. And so um, something I really enjoy. Uh, we we also put like uh, another really fascinating question that I I would urge you all to ask yourselves. Um, if you could dare yourself to do something, what would it be? Yeah, this one was fascinating. And uh, I wrote travel alone and date someone fully, which was like came right. Date someone fully came like right wow. out of me. I knew it immediately. I was like, I've never committed in any relationship I've been in. Wow. Like never. I've always had like one foot out the door. Mm. So I was like, that's what scares me the most. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I think that's, that should be there. That's really interesting. I, I, I just wrote move period. I love that one. You yeah. said that I was like, Oh, that's yeah. so good. Cause I've always, I've thought about that too. I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't think I have the guts to move, which I used to like when I was yeah. younger, like I didn't care at all. Like, I definitely had the guts to move. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but I agree with that. I don't, I don't know that I have the guts to move. Um, but I, I, I like, I would move to Portland, Oregon if I could move, if I had it in me to move. And, and that's because like, I love the feeling of being in nature and being what I wrote down. Um, this is another question on this page that says, if you were to move tomorrow, where would you move and why? Um, and I wrote, uh, I feel like I am with myself there. And, and and the reason I bring that up is because like, yeah, okay, maybe it would be cool. Maybe something, maybe some things happen in the next year and I do move to Portland, Oregon. But the reality is that just reveals to me, I want to spend more time with myself mm -hmm. and being in Los Angeles and being in like the kind of the hustle bustle, the pressures, like the expectations, the judgment, like all that. I need to take time for myself and step out. We have beautiful nature here in Los Angeles as well, right? We have like the hills um, in Malibu that you could hike in or I could go spend a weekend camping. And so those type of activities um, are things that I need to prioritize now. 
because I've made it clear to myself that I like to spend time alone in nature and thinking. And yeah. I wrote New York City slash Philadelphia. Uh, two reasons being one, to be closer to my family. The next one, to maximize experiences over things. And mm-hmm. I feel like the energy, specifically in New York City, whenever I go, I do so many things. Mm-hmm. And in Los Angeles, it's just much more of a solitary environment. Everyone's in their cars. No one's really out on the street. Um, it's not as so. In my opinion, I don't think it's as social. Mm-hmm. And it's not. that's something that I've really been looking for. So like closer to family thing, there's not, if I don't move, there's not too much I can do with that other than like trying to prioritize traveling back east more often but with maximizing experiences over things that's something i've really been feeling a lot lately and i feel like i actually have been taking advantage of that i went to a concert by myself last Mm -hmm. friday and i had like the best time it turned into like i met all these people i had so much fun that's really cool um and that easily could have turned into me not going because i had two tickets but like the two people i had asked like like couldn't go right and so it was two hours before the concert, and I was like, you know what? Like this, I, w- I want to be doing these things, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to go, and it was, I'm so glad I did. Um, so yeah, whether you actually move or not, I think answering that question of why you'd want to move there, mm-hmm. you can then take those answers and see, like, can I get those yeah, I in my those? immediate environment? Yeah. Um, so the, the written writing exercise, um, advice from your 80-year-old self, I mean, it was the the very clear cut thing to me was just about time experiences and like going for it, like the, the, like really putting yourself in the body of being 80 years old, I think makes you realize like, wow, where I'm at, like the time, there's never been a better time than right now. Because when I look, when I look from that perspective, I'm like, just everything you want to try or do, just do it, do it all. Because you have the opportunity, you have the time, you have the resources, you have everything right now. When you're 80, you don't have all that stuff. So like, why would you not like try everything that you want to try? The first thing I wrote was leave yourself alone. Mm. Because I feel like there's no one that gives me a harder time than myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel the stress of that all the time. Yeah. And so I was just like, all right, like, like leave yourself alone, let yourself be uh, work to be with other people more often. And I thought the word work was important because hmm. if I don't work to yeah, yeah. be surrounded by other people, you're just going to be alone. Yeah. Don't be afraid to have more fun and don't feel guilty about it. I get a lot of like buyer's remorse every time yeah. for some reason when I have yeah. like a lot of fun, which is a weird mindset, but uh-huh. like I feel like, Oh, I wasn't productive during that, but I don't think there's anything more productive than like enjoying time on earth. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah. Don't yeah. be afraid to have fun. Don't feel guilty about it. And then be less concerned with, what you think everyone else is thinking. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I just wrote, go for it. Cause it felt like yeah, yeah. appropriate. Felt cool. Yeah. <laughs> I underlined it. Uh, and the last page just goes around like what I've uncovered, you know, like, okay. So doing this exercise, like what are themes that came up? What are themes that, that sh- like presented themselves as very important things in my life priorities for me? And how does that, how does that turn into action? Um, and how do, how do I develop habits as well? So, you know, I wrote down a couple of, of actions, just like moving faster on ideas, engaging the right people. Um, then one thing I wrote from a habits perspective is I wrote commit to small things so that you can learn how to commit to bigger things. And I think that everything that I want to do and everything that you and I want to do requires 
commitment and consistency. And developing routines that are consistent and that require you to commit. So that might be every morning waking up and doing 10 push-ups. So slight. Mm -hmm. That would take you less than 60 seconds. Uh, But if you're willing to wake up and for 365 days do 10 push-ups every morning, you have just introduced a level of consistency and commitment into your life that I think can allow you to expand upon that and take on bigger things every day. To think that commitment is something that can happen overnight, like that you can just figure out and all of a sudden, it's going to naturally come to some people, but it doesn't naturally come to everyone. Consistency does not come naturally to everyone. So developing it and committing to developing it is really important and developing it on all aspects of your life. Yeah, and this is... um... A little bit separate, but one of the thought starters here was what are the priorities in my career? And mm-hmm. I realized that like it's to control my time, which I currently get to do, which is great, and to control my revenue stream. And right now, I don't feel like I have a great control over how we make money. Mm-hmm. And that's something I really desire. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you wake up and you see that YouTube has tweeted out a video you made, that's incredible. Yeah. It's really exciting. Like it's, I thought it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But like, that doesn't mean I'm like less stressed about like paying my rent. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and I was like, okay, I want to like, I want to know that like when I work really hard on something and put my all into it, it can result in more financial stability. That's like, I think it's going to be so important that I have a, a clear sense of, of goal and mm-hmm. purpose in when I get up every day to start working, like, is this going to get me closer to living in my dream house to giving me more mm-hmm. flexibility? Um, and right now I don't think we, we necessarily have that right now. We're working really hard to only work more in ways that are unclear mm-hmm. at the moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I know like if, if we like find success in what we're doing right now, it kind of just means we're making more and more videos. I think, and I don't know if it's paying us mm-hmm. or yeah. how, or how much exactly it's paying totally. us. And those are things that I want to know so I can yeah. feel settled. So, I mean, at the end of this, basically it's very easy to get caught up in your daily routine and the daily to-do list. And it's very easy to uh, omit yourself from your daily to-do list. And a lot of times I think we spend our, our, a lot of times I think we spend our time searching for answers um, when the reality is that the questions reveal the most. They reveal the most about you. So asking yourself questions is one of the most important things you can do if you're feeling lost or even if you just want more clarity than you currently have. Questions are um, the things that will reveal the most to you and force you and push you out of your comfort zone to actually... um, write things down, manifest things, visualize things, like really come up with, you know, what you value as an individual. The cool thing about this worksheet too, is that, you know, when I first went through it, I looked at all of the questions and if there was any that I really was positive, I knew the answer to, I would write them down. So I was skipping through the worksheet, but then the ones that were more difficult, I thought I was just going to sit there and have a really hard time getting Mm -hmm. out what I felt. But then you kind of get into this flow 
and you're not even like thinking mm -hmm. it's just you're just writing and just it's just coming out and then at the end you yeah. kind of get to go back and, and see like what you really think for sure yeah i was concerned that i wouldn't be able to trust what i was writing mm -hmm. that i would be too influenced by i don't know different things that i like i that wouldn't be valuable to me to go through this yeah and just a note we, we i printed these out for us because i wanted them to be handwritten i didn't want any distractions from the internet um while you were doing this. So I printed them out and I, uh, they're, they're meant to be done handwritten. So I think we're going to share this worksheet with everyone. Um, I would love to do that. I think, you know, on the day this releases, I mean, when I record the intro and outro for this podcast, I'll know for sure if we're going to share <laughs> it. Um, but if it's not this week, we'll share it, you know, at some point. Um, but if you're interested in doing this worksheet, do it and, and let us know what you thought of it. Email us, tweet at us. Um, if there's any questions you think would be good to include in it, um, it, it's just a process of, of working through it and going through, I think what a lot of people go through, which is what do I want to do? What do I want to do with my time? Um, what can I do with my time? What am I, what's important to me and how do I truly find what makes me happy? I need to leave right now, Colin. You gotta get a haircut. Yep. That's important. All right. That's it this week for the Colin and Samir podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing our answers to some of these questions. And again, if you want to do this worksheet for yourself, head to colinandsamir.com or check out our Twitter for the link to download the worksheet. As always, make sure to review the podcast here on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. You can also give us feedback on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, or if you want, you can email us. We love hearing your feedback. This week, Colin and I are heading out of town. I'm off to New York and Colin is off to Denver. So if you have any recommendations in either of those cities, make sure to tweet those at us as well. All right. Happy Halloween. And we'll be back next week for another episode of the Colin and Samir podcast.